Welcome to the Kayla Ambrose Show. I'm your host and your travel guide to the other side, Kayla Ambrose. If you're listening on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, however you find me, click to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Also, I invite you to visit my website, exploreyourspirit.com, sign up for my free newsletter, where you'll get lots of information about upcoming online courses, books, podcasts, and other events that I'm doing. So for this episode, I want to talk about full moon magic and how it works with psychic ability and telepathy. So with the full moon, what the moon does is it heightens energy. So the fuller the moon, the stronger the energy. And when you can tap into that, then you understand that what you project helps you magnify it with the energy of the moon and send it out to uh, a greater level with greater capability. Think of the moon as like working with the tides. So tide comes in, tide goes out. When the tide comes rushing in, it's got a lot of energy to it. Same with the full moon. And when the tide goes out, it takes a lot of things with it, just like a new moon does. So we're very connected to the 28-day cycle with the moon and how it works on us, on our body, our mind, and our spirit. When you're working with the moon magically, it's intuitive. Work with the moon comes from the emotional center. It's not logical. So if we look at our layers of physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual, this is a lot of work from the emotional level. It is creative. It's dreamlike. It's inspirational, it's dimensional, and it's experiential. It's also extremely intuitive. If we think about it as solar work versus lunar work and the sun and the moon, and the solar aspect, we're more in the divine masculine. This is when we work, when we use logic, when we are in the masculine energy. And then in the moon, we are more in a dreamlike state, an intuitive state. We have creativity and envision, and it's in the divine feminine. So it's good to use a little bit of both, some work to be done under the solar influences, and some to be done under the lunar, and to have balance in both. Tonight I'm talking about the full moon and what you're going to do with it, But also, it's best to just say for a minute about the new moon. The new moon is a really great time to use logic. It's a great time to build things in the material to work with that energy. So even though it's lunar energy, it still has a masculine aspect there that's uh, more in play. Versus the full moon, which is very, very feminine. There's a three-day cycle with the full moon kind of the day before of, the the day of, and the day after. And on the day of, it's really good to visualize what you might want to be creating or visualizing. And then on the day of, to get in touch with your emotional body at first and cleanse your aura, all the layers. And then you can begin to really visualize and create under that full moon. On day three, it's a really good time to charge your crystals. And you can also, as you're cleansing and clearing them and charging them 
under the moon to also charge them with the intention uh, and, and the manifestation of what you set during your work during the past two days. You can also take a moon bath, which is to sit out under the moonlight at night, similar to what you would do when you sunbathe, same type of thing, and let the rays of the moon wash over you. And remembering, because this is an emotional type magic, that uh, it's not about your mental thoughts. It's about visualizing from the heart, not thinking logically what you want to create, like how it would manifest or how it would come together, but rather from the heart, what the heart wants and desires. Here's some tips about things you can do under the full moon. One is to get a jar or a pitcher and fill it with water and you can charge it under the moon, making what's called moon water. And this water can be used to consecrate things, uh, to pour on things or to dip things in to bless them. Great work for that. It's also a good time for a haircut under a full moon. So it said your hair will grow back quicker and the cut will be better. With the moon water, you can use it in rituals that you do, or you can put some on your altar when you're working with the elements. You can also take the moon water and pour it into a bowl to use for scrying, especially under full moon energy. You can look into the bowl filled with the water that has been charged by a previous moon and to look into it, to gaze into the bowl, to see if you see anything psychically. Now, if you're interested in moon energy, moon magic, you've probably researched and you've seen the basics. So I always like to talk about something a little different than what you might just read on a quick Google search. I always like to talk a little deeper and to tell you something maybe that you haven't heard elsewhere. So tonight I'm going to tell you a story of something I learned to do during the full moon. And with any type of work like this, it has to do with desire and it has to do with intention. And because it's an emotional type of magic, you have to really feel those things. You have to have desire, a true want, and passion for wanting to do it. So I'm going to tell you a story of how I learned to work with the moon. Back in my early 20s, I was learning a lot <laughs> about the metaphysical world. I had been exposed to the metaphysical world all my life and had been studying quite a bit. I started studying at the age of 12 with astrology and then into Tarot and kept going. But in my later teen years, I tried to put it aside for a little bit and I wanted to just be what I called a normal girl at that time. So for several years, I tried to push these abilities down within myself, not to feel them. And the harder I tried, the harder it got. It was almost like it would push back against me. And it just wanted to come out. It was so strong that I finally gave up fighting after a couple of years. So in my early 20s, I was back on my path exploring and wanting to learn much more. And I was studying how to open up your ESP your extrasensory perception, which is one of the descriptions used for psychic ability. The course book that was assigned in this class had to do about ESP and how to use it to connect with someone, uh, which was using telepathy as well. And back at that time, uh, dating myself here, but back in my early 20s, that was the time when there were no cell phones. 
There were no computers, no internet, and even having cable TV was a big thing for a lot of people. There was a phone that was in your house, which you mainly used for local phone calls because long distance was very, very expensive. Those of you that were younger may not know this, but um, you paid per the minute when you called long distance. So it was very expensive. If you called and talked to anyone for any amount of time, you could get a, a bill in the hundreds of dollars. So you couldn't even really call much long distance. And it was also hard to find people that you had lost touch with because if you didn't know where they lived, you didn't really know where to to call an operator, say, in that city and to try to find a phone number, which is what you did back then. You called an operator and you said, I would like the phone number for such and such person. And they would ask you, like, what street do they live on? Because they would look up the name and then match it with an address and then give you the number for that person. And that's how you found someone. So if you didn't know what, what city or state they lived in, you really didn't know how to get in touch with them. There was no internet to search. So unless you knew someone who knew that person and was caught up with them, you really didn't know how to find a person. So I was doing my homework from this course, and our homework was to think about a person that we were had a strong uh, connection with, but they weren't family, and that we hadn't seen in several years. And we had no idea where they were, where they were living in the world, what had happened to them. But that we felt we had a strong enough connection to where there was a sense of really a pull, a magnetic pull is what you would call, where you so wanted to see this person that you could feel that that want to bring that person around. Uh, it's like a longing, I guess you would say, a desire. So I thought about it and said, okay, there's a person that I hadn't been in touch with for about, I think about three years at this point. And so I decided this is perfect. I have no idea where this person is and no way to get in touch with them, no way to know what he could be doing. So I started to follow the instructions of what you do. And it's done on the full moon and it's done over those three days and nights. So the night before the full moon, you visualize that person and you think about the memories you had with them. In this case, for me, it was an old boyfriend. So I thought about the good times we had had together and the memories and everything that made me uh, want to see and talk to him again. So I visualized that very strongly. Then on the night of the full moon, I stepped into my emotional field and thought, and well, really thought's not the right word. I stepped into the emotions of what it felt like when I was with him, what our conversation was like, what it felt like when he held me, when he kissed me, all of those things. I felt the, the desire, the longing, the pull of wanting to speak to this person again. And so I stayed in that for that night uh, while doing this. I, I thought about him, felt him energetically, and was in the moment with him in those memories. And so then on the third night of the full moon, I began to say his name over and over. 
and asked him to get in contact with me, saying, find me, I'm searching for you. I would say my name, then I would say his name, and just say, find me, I'm looking for you. And so that's essentially what you do. And it's hard to teach it because I just kind of gave you the steps, and the steps are pretty easy. But what's hard to teach is emotional magic because it only works if there's a true desire to see that person. And if you're a good uh, person who can emit your emotions very well. So if your emotional field's closed down and you stay in your logic mind and you're not very comfortable with your emotions, this may not work for you because you have to feel it. You have to emote it. It has to come out of you. And what you're doing is making this magnetic pull. You're making yourself this magnet that's like attracting the energy of that person to you. So it's one of those things that's easily described, but but you cannot just go through the motions and do it. So I did this not knowing if it would work, thought I would try, and a day went by, nothing happened. And the next day, nothing happened. And I started to kind of like think, okay, you know, uh, this, this just isn't something I could do. And I knew I was a couple of days away from going back to class and we'd all be reporting in on how we did. So on the third day, he called me and I was so shocked. And when I answered the phone and he said my name, it was like being right there back with him again. So I asked him, what made you call me out of the blue? And he said, I've been dreaming about you um, for the past several nights. And I heard you calling to me. And he said, this was several days ago. And he's like, for the past three days, I've been reaching out to everyone I know who might know you or know where you are and following breadcrumbs from one person to the next, getting hints of where you might be living, where you are in the world, how to find you, until I called enough people and kept following the trail till I found someone that knew where you were now and gave me your number. And he said, it took me three days to do it, but I couldn't not do it. You were on my mind. It was what I thought about during the day. I'd hear your name when I went to sleep. Um, and he said, I just almost felt compelled <laughs> to call you. And so I started laughing and, and then I explained to him what I had done and we talked about it for a long time. We were uh, very much connected when we dated and we were both young and both realized we had a knowing of each other that went beyond our years and understood it to be from a past life. So there was a past life that we spent together and we had recognized that in each other again, recognized each other on a soul level. But as much as we loved and cared about each other, we both knew, and I can't say how we knew this at such young ages, but we both knew like this lifetime, we recognized that spark in each other, but that we weren't supposed to be together as um, husband and wife, boyfriend and girlfriend, um, that, we, that we had a different paths to play, different uh, ways to go, and they weren't supposed to intersect. But there was such a connection with this person that I knew them and was so comfortable with them from 
within minutes of us meeting. Uh, it was a knowing. It was a recognizing of someone where you're like, oh, there you are. Where have you been? And they, it's like they were gone for a hundred years, but you stepped right back into um, where you were with them before. And so we would have interesting talks like this. And that connection was so strong, I knew that would be the person to try this exercise on. Uh, because if anyone would feel me emoting that at the time, it would be him. So we talked a lot and we stayed in touch for quite a while during that time. And it's still always there, meaning that I don't even say this person's name out loud. If I say his name out loud, he it's like he hears it and he will call me or he will find a way to find me and reach out. And it's always been that way. But I stopped saying his name um, several years after that practicing when then I met the person I was going to marry and be serious with. So, and the person I was supposed to be with in this lifetime that I was married to and with until a couple of years ago when, um, when my sweet husband passed away. So it's a powerful, powerful thing to do. And if it's something you want to try to see, I suggest you pick someone that you really trust and really do want to see and that it would be for the right reasons. So maybe it's uh, a long lost friend. Maybe it's someone, you know, um, you haven't talked to in a very long time. Try it, but just make sure that you're okay having them in your life when you do, because it comes really quick when you do it. But the goal is to be in touch with your emotional center. So it's going to pull from the heart chakra. And you're going to need to have the heart chakra open to be able to do this, which means you're willing to be vulnerable. You're willing to be very in touch with your emotions. And because it is a, a desire, a longing, and a deep connection. So someone that you've really loved in some way and cared for uh, is, the, is the way it's going to work the best. Also, as with all things, be respectful so make sure it's a person that it's okay for them uh, to get in touch with you too, right? And don't open something that you don't want to open <laughs> again if it's not right. Don't if it's a relationship that broke up not in a good way. Don't don't try to resurrect that. He and I parted on amicable good terms, both of us, knowing just we weren't supposed to be together. I don't really know how to put it in better terms than that, but it was a, a conscious decision on both our parts and just understanding that we had other places to go, other things to see and other people to be with. It was the most evolved conscious connection um, that you could have because you really could just understand it with each other and uh, communicate it as so. And I wish him the best for everything he was supposed to do in this world. And he was the same for me. And should uh, there have been a, another reason for something, I think we would have reached out if it was ever that way. But I've never felt the need to do so again. And for me, it was more just to show that I could do this type of moon magic that's so powerful. 
And so that really opened up my ability to understand telepathy. And that's what I was doing was sitting in telepathic magic using the amplified rays of the, of the moon. And so the moon amplifies the full moon, amplifies whatever energy you're sending out. There have been times after that where when I wanted to stay in touch with people I loved, family, friends, and others, I would tell them to pay attention to when it was a full moon and to go out and gaze at the moon and pick a time. And if we were in different time zones, I would align the time zone to my zone. And I would go out and gaze at the moon and send them as much energy with the message I had going through the full moon. And that would amplify it to send it to them so they could feel my love or my thoughts or whatever it was. And it's a great way to practice with other people to build your telepathic skills and to get messages across through the moon. Uh, the other moon cycles aren't as strong and really aren't going to carry it in that same way. And it really doesn't work through solar energy with the sun. It's really just during the full moon. I've done a lot of work under the full moon uh, with rituals, charging crystals, uh, things that I really wanted to create and complete. And I think the cycles are really fascinating. If you want to go to mastery level on this, you'll pay attention to the astrological influences as well and watch the cycle the moon's in for the exact time. I actually have an app on my phone that that alerts me when the moon moves into the different signs. And you can really go deep on this if you wanted, where you could work with different full moons according to, to the astrological influences and go with this even deeper understanding what those signs mean when they're in that phase of the moon. That's a much deeper, intense magic that takes a lot of work. You're going to need to calculate to go to that extreme. And when you're doing that type of work, there's a really good reason. There's something you're really working on. That's more for advanced practitioners, for sure. But if you're learning psychic ability and you're exploring telepathy and you're wanting to do things like that, a full moon like this that I described to you is the best way to see if you could get it done. And if you need to start out slower, start with someone you do know and just try sending them your message and see if they receive it, um, where you could check with them pretty quickly. And then you can build up to go further from there. And that's how it builds up in the mystery schools. You start, and then as you gra gradually get better, you go deeper and deeper, and then... I give you some double-blind studies where eventually it goes beyond telepathy and into astral travel and seeing what you can do there. Uh, like all things, there's a process to it. And some people are better than some things than other. Even the elements that you're attached to will show which ones you might be better at doing than others. Not everybody has high psychic ability. Some people... I think everyone has some degree of psychic ability, but it's stronger than some than others. Some are better at doing uh, things that are hands-on involved, working with herbs and oils and th 
things of that nature. There's so many different paths to explore. And so part of the fun is trying out all the different things to see which ones work best for you and which ones you want to incorporate. If you're an empath, this work's probably going to be very easy for you. It's very easy to get in touch with energy and to send it out. What you'll have to focus on, though, is controlling the energy so that the emotions don't overwhelm you where they're staying circulating in you and you're feeling that desire and that want and that need and that longing, but it's staying within you and you're not projecting it. So empaths sometimes can get too caught up in the emotion um, where it's overtaking them and they're not able to project it outward. So there is some study that needs to be done with the aura where you understand how to hold that energy in your auric field and then project it outward and let it flow. Let it leave you and flow into the moon and outward to the cords and the connection with this other person. And that does take some self-control of the emotions there. So it's easy for empaths to learn as long as they've also been taught how to work with their auras and, and to funnel that energy. I hope you've enjoyed this. It's something different, interesting. I've been thinking about full moon magic and about that exercise that I did all those years ago. Oh my gosh, so many years ago, decades ago. And it was one of the ones that put me on the path to showing really where I wanted to go and how there was everything metaphysical, supernatural that I wanted to study and to know as much as I could. And that has been my life ever since. Studying, teaching, sharing, writing about it, talking about it, all of the great mysteries. And it's my pleasure to share them with you. I'll be sharing more stories like this, the wisdom teachings I share, other tips and things you can learn to do. And I'm open to topics. If you have an interest and you want to send me an email from the contact form on exploreyourspirit.com, send it, call it an Ask Kayla question. And sometimes I do answer questions on here about certain uh, metaphysical, magical, intuitive topics. Wishing you all a very happy full moon next time it rolls around.